All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for OnComicsRounds.com flagship podcast, panel to panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back once again, once again, for a brand new episode of this podcast that we love doing almost every week, as long as the world doesn't crash down around us and something bad happens. We're, we're trying to get back to weekly. It's a work in progress, but we're doing our best, uh, where we talk about all the latest comic and nerdy news and occasionally just a random freaking topic that we enjoy doing, like tonight's topic. We will be talking about uh, some of the most famous comic tropes and why we hate them, and some of the examples of why we hate them, or, or in some cases, why we love them, because there are some amazing comic tropes that we are definitely going to want to talk about this evening. But uh, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, um, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible.com, um, basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can pick us up except for SoundCloud because we don't support SoundCloud. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast, and you can, uh, follow the website on comics ground on Twitter and Instagram at on comics ground. And you can follow the website on dash comics dash ground.com for all the latest reviews, previews, solicitations, all that great stuff. We are going to be uh, revamping all, all of our writer lineup soon and getting some amazing reviews out to you good folks. So get ready for that. My name is James Portis. To my left, we have the woman who is drinking a very weird canned version of mimosa, and I don't oh, understand why. We have Mary. How are you doing this evening? I'm house-sitting this weekend for my godmother, and she's all like, okay, here's the liquor cabinet. And I'm like, I didn't feel like making an actual cocktail. So I rooted around in the fridge and found a canned cranberry mimosa, and I'm drinking it out of a mug because I'm classy. Yes, we love, we love so. to see it. <laughs> And then uh, our our main man with the fro is not here this evening, Travis Tucker, but we did recruit another fellow black individual like myself to fill in for him this evening. We have uh, Old Man Wade from the Old Man Wade Podcast. How you doing today, man? Fantastically well, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's been a pretty nice day off for me. We get, we, uh, we're here to talk about the, some of the stuff we love. Uh, if you want to plug some of your great stuff that you do, you are more than welcome to do so, good sir. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'll be real quick. You can find the Old Man Wade Show wherever you go and find podcasts, except for Spotify, because I came on here one day. They pointed out that like Spotify, Spotify, excuse me, not Spotify, SoundCloud is trash. 
So I haven't used it in the last six months, and it actually has not affected my traffic at all. So, you know, fuck them. Um, you can find me. Spotify on- is the bomb, but fuck SoundCloud. We don't we, like SoundCloud wants you to put oh, their whole Lord. shit. That, like, that's my biggest issue. I don't mean to cut you <laughs> off, Wade, but my biggest <laughs> issue is they want you to, like, not only if you're on a really good support, yo, shout out to Transistor, Transistor, our, our podcast hosting platform. Y'all are the bomb because y'all want, y'all give us unlimited podcasts for our network, an, an unlimited episode upload for only $25 a month. That is amazing. I don't care if I'm not getting paid for it, I'm plugging it. Podcasters, check them out. Transistor.fm is amazing because that way you can go to spotify you can go wherever the fuck you want to upload your shit you you even get automatic uploads to youtube for people who enjoy the youtube because for some reason despite our youtube channel being small there is a great number of people who love listening to our show on youtube so shout out to y'all but no soundcloud wants you to pay a separate fee not only for like how much you upload but for how but for how many episodes you do on their platform and they don't have integration for every other platform and they are inferior and I'm not paying them extra money just because they want extra money and the fact that Apple one of the biggest conglomerates in the world just not only wants to assist us with trying to create a subscription based platform but they also just said hey yo just upload your RSS feed and we, we will put it up there that's more meaningful than SoundCloud <laughs> So I just want to I want to uh, apologize to everybody for my Freudian slip. I meant SoundCloud, not Spotify, because I fully support Spotify. Oh, okay, I'm going to war over here. Like, wait a minute, hold up. Like, literally, I stopped using SoundCloud because of the conversation we had off air, and I'm like, yeah, fuck them. I'm like, I'm not getting nothing out of it. I've been using um, Podbean since day one. Oh yeah, Podbean's the jam. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't use SoundCloud anymore. So that, so that's on me. I, so a p- pardon my Freudian slip. Uh, no, you're <laughs> I'm gonna be getting roasted. I'm like, yo. Yo, I'm like, yo, I'm right up there. <laughs> I tapped out, Brock. I tapped out, Brock. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on oldmanway.com, articles and more. It's not just comic book stuff, but we talk about some real stuff. I get deep into the things that I've done. And like, I actually posted a couple of articles, one on getting over like the programming that you get when you're a um, black male in an urban area. And like, you know, there are words you should and shouldn't be using. Uh, you can also find me on Bam Smack Pal. Mark, if you Google that, you can find me. You can find me on Black Rabbit, B-L-A-Q-U-E-R-A-B-B-I-T, my best friend's website. I posted an article, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but this is probably one of my favorites. I compared every Wu-Tang member to the X-Men because I literally oh, feel, I feel that, like, the X-Men are the, the Wu-Tang Clan or the X-Men are rap. Uh, we okay. can get, if you want to get into that later, we can. Uh, you can also find me on, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, I got a bunch of other stuff, but I'm not going to waste your time. Well, you're good. We appreciate you shouting out what you do. We love that you came on this evening. Thank you for being oh, here. I so, love you guys have me on. Oh, yeah, not for always. For like, well, We appreciate you came back, especially after we had so much fun with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because Mary still hasn't watched it. I, I, You know, it's funny. I was like, I, I got off, I hit end, and I was like, I think they hate me. And I'm never going to be on here again. <laughs> oh, man. It was great, honestly. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into into these uh, our intro topics before we dive into some comic tropes that we are enjoy and also hate. So the first thing we got here is so working with webtoons, what one of the amazing webcomic platforms. Um, DC has created a brand new Batman webcomic for people to enjoy. It basically is just a giant like goofball ride with all the Bat family members, sort of like encapsulated in the zeitgeist versions of themselves because you have like dick is nightwing you have jason todd as, as red hood you have tim as red robin which i find very interesting 
Um, you have uh, Damian Wayne a- as Robin, which okay, whatever, fine. You have Cassandra as Batgirl, bomb, love it. We love, we love to see it. And then Stephanie, oh, yeah. Stephanie is spoiler, and and Duke is and, and Duke is there as well, which I love this. I love this premise. It's such a cool idea. Not James, only that what? sounds like the entire Bat family. Not the entire <laughs> Bat family. We but. like get the spoiler all together. Like I'd be cool if like she just disappeared, and never returned. Yay. <laughs> like, y'all really need to leave, oh, y'all, James, y'all, y'all James, need to leave my girl alone. James, y'all need to leave my girl hates, alone. He hates Stephanie as much as I do. Wait, yeah. come on now. Leave the poor white girl alone. St- Yo, me and my buddies were talk- did an episode on that, and we literally said, um, <laughs> spoilers for the streets. Oh, my. She's the worst. No, yeah, she's not, though. She literally okay. is just trying to like, like do right because her dad's a scumbag, man. Leave her alone. Has nothing to the Bat family, zero. So I I ended up reading Batman Eternal, uh, maybe about three or four months ago, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh okay, maybe I'll get some. Uh, Did I'll I tell a- you to read that? Wasn't that one of the books I recommended to you? You were, and I read. It, I'm like, oh, this is good. But spoiler adds nothing to this. Bluebird was way more important than um spoiler. She was useless in this. Well, that was because bluebird as because harper Rowe was uh tynan and snyder's pet character similar to duke thomas so like while they were obligated by mandate to bring stephanie back into the canon they cared more about harper so like that's why she got a lot of focus but because of the fact that they didn't want to pursue putting her more into the bat family lineup she got sidelined that's why like in that book like Stephanie's and her and Clue Master are sort of just the red herrings, and then randomly like Deacon Blackfire shows up, and then um fuck, fucking um what's his face from that from the uh, Court of Owls shows back up. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? Hey, hey, Mary, can I ask you a question? You're you're a bat a bat family fan, right? Yeah. And you you're a big fan of I don't know what's her name. Uh, is it Kate Kane? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Mm-hmm. I think I'm not too familiar with her, but y'all being facetious is really annoying. But get um, to the point. So, so you read the? I think it's called. I think it's pronounced Detective Comics. And spoiler mm-hmm. in that, yes. I I finally remember her doing nothing in that either. She no. did do something in that book, but what they did with her, Tynan, I hate you for, because you literally uh, had her go, "Oh, my boyfriend's dead. I'm gonna turn to the dark side," and it was fucking stupid. It was fucking hilarious. It was stupid, but I hated it. Sounds on brand to me. Oh my god. Anyway, let's move past this and get to the point of the, of the thing. So, Batman: The Wayne Family Adventures is the the, the three part webcomic that's been released. Where, oh wait, oh, did they have her? Did they have Cassandra's orphan or Batgirl? I thought, it was, oh, they do have her as orphan. Okay, so this is like right on the cusp of like DC Rebirth in New Fifty Two canon, kind of. I thought she was Batgirl, but they have her as orphan, so whatever. But regardless, it's still a really cool way for new like uh casual fans to enjoy the bat family and the art style is really cool and i don't give a fuck and i'll be the first one to fucking say it. i hate damian wayne to death i hate that he that he is a product of, of a horrible uh, like, like uh, situation that should have never happened but the fact that they did correctly give him his middle eastern roots and his skin tone where like so many times we don't do that and just color like code him as white because bruce is white like I appreciated what they did here, and then like every like Bat fanboy on Twitter is like, "Oh, why is he dark? Why is Damien dark?" And I'm like, "Well, he's not Damien dark, but like he 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 is a 
a person of color. So, like, Damien Dark is a whole other character who is a white man, but, like, that's what we're doing here. But, like, it's just... Anyway, um, Wade, how do you feel about them making these webcomics? I love it. I love the... So one of the things I love about comic books is the fact that they've actually made it a point to acknowledge that alternate realities exist. Mm -hmm. This is just another alternate reality. The MCU is an alternate reality. The Snyderverse is an alternate reality. All these things are different. So when I see things like this, it kind of reminds me of the days when I used to get the comic books on Sunday, excuse me, the newspaper on Sunday, and I would read these random, like, happy-go-lucky and very fictional comic strips. And I'm looking at it. So this is, I've seen it, but I didn't know it actually existed yet. But again, first thing I noticed, the first two things I noticed, Bruce Wayne yawning with his mask off. And again, brown tip, a brown Damian Wayne. I thought that was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're adding things like this to one, it's cool to add. And two, it's funny. Like Bruce Wayne, like um, yawning after like being out all night. It, it's great. And adding um, Thomas Duke, phenomenal. So I love that they're doing these little random things like that. every comic book thing has to be serious. Not every comic book thing has to be action packed. It's great. And as you're talking about it, I did a quick Google search. And one of the first things I see is a picture of Bruce Wayne drinking a cup that says, I can't read it because I'm blind as hell. But it's, uh, there's on the right of him, he's on the left of him, there's a action bubble like the smoke and all that other stuff and like the action um, uh, symbols. And then Jay Todd with his one little white streak yelling at Batman as he's like drinking a cup of coffee, like, I ain't got time for this shit. I love, I absolutely love it. We need more stuff. We need more things like this. <laughs> Mary, how are you feeling about these webcomics? So I think it is a good way to approach a different market because um, from everything that I've been seeing, DC's been killing it with these YA graphic novels. Like, not necessarily the original ones, but definitely the ones about the characters, you know, um, Raven, uh, Catwoman. The Catwoman one was actually really good. Yeah, apparently um, a lot of people eat up that Raven Loves Beast Boy book. Like, they love the fact that they're doing more with that sort of young adult uh, angle with it. From what I understand, aside from the bullshit controversy surrounding it the i'm not starfire book uh, from everything i've seen was potentially a misfire yeah and and it was the worst part about the i am starfire book it was critically not received well but on top of that you had the gatekeeper idiots throwing a bitch fit about not only the way the daughter of starfire looked but just her attitude in general of her being like quote unquote a millennial kid or whatever the hell. And it just, that kind of soured the issue where it made people either want to vehemently defend it despite it being horrible and attacking people who had an actual critical opinion on it or just people being horrible about the idea of the book existing. And it's just like, it leaves an issue of not being able to actually talk about the fact that you can't have every book be a certain way. But then you see stuff like this with the webcomics and it's fucking phenomenal. Too tremendously worried with the I'm not Starfire thing because it's Tamaki and a misfire from Tamaki is rare. Yeah. Like, you'd sooner find a dodo bird than you would get another misfire from Tamaki. Her detective run has been fucking amazing lately. Right. You know, I also think, but, um, you know, it's funny, I, I, I hearken back to the X-Men comic book, people fear what they don't understand. 
But I also feel that people don't bother to use the um, internet, which is which is something you can use for to understand said things. I one of the one of the favorite one of my favorite things that I've learned over the last year is that Lobo had a daughter, mm-hmm. and she's a bad motherfucker. It I was one of the Crush. only good things from that Teen Titans run was the fact that they created Crush. That was the only good thing about it because the rest of the book was god awful. So I didn't. I haven't. Thank you for telling me that because I'm not going to bother reading it. I started reading it from the Crush and Lobo series. Mm-hmm. I just love Crush in general because she's she seems that she's aware she's she's in a comic book. She's aware that she can be emotionally stunted, but she's also knows that she can be a bit bad with the way she does things. And I love that self awareness. But some people may look at that and go. Oh, well, why would Lobo have a daughter like that? Have you wow. met Lobo? Right. There was, he, there, I'm surprised only a, he only has the one child. Right, you would think he'd be like Wolverine where he has like 50 and Wolverine just kind of shrugs it off like, yeah, that makes sense. Hey, 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 hey. Wolverine has Dakin, a kid in the Savage Land, and that's all that we know of. No, Lobo. no. Oh, he, has, like, he, he has Laura. He, like, 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 like Gabby has it's been so, like, slowly adopted. He has Dakin. No, he Gabby, has the, also the one killed. Gabby, <laughs> Gabby is a genetic clone of Laura. So, like, her Gabby, sisters, it's fine. Yeah, Gabby's just as much genetically Logan's daughter as Laura is. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's, like we got, it's great. We have Laura, Gabby, I we have Dakin. Okay, minor minor uh, tangent here. I both love and hate that Taylor revamped Laura's origin because I I I don't like it because I really liked the science aspect of they couldn't clone Logan completely, so they just tried to duplicate his X chromosome. So, like, I thought that was really cool, but at the same time, you know, a lot of Laura's emotional journey comes from, you know, Sarah Kinney and her relationship to Sarah's sister and niece. So, you know, Taylor switched it up that she's the genetic daughter of Logan and Sarah, which is nice for Laura, but, like, but I love it. Sometimes things can just be left alone. Honestly. Yeah, but I... It's one of those things where, like, sometimes evolution can evolution can be a bad thing when it comes to comic books. Like, we don't. I, I will say this: I love the fact that Dakin and Wolverine have patched up all their issues, and I love that all of them are like a family. Like Gabby, Dakin, or is it Dakin or Dakin? I say Dakin. I think it's Dakin. Right, so we got Gabby, Dakin, Laura, Logan. Uh, you know, I love the fact that all four of them are like a legitimate family. And when someone said, Laura, you're like a Wolverine, she goes, No, I am Wolverine. And Logan looked at her and smiled and was like, Atta girl, because they can be multiple Spider Men and they can be multiple Hulks. Why can't they be multiple Wolverines? I mean, all of them, especially if you account in uh, Taylor's Old Man Laura storyline, all four of them have been Wolverine at one point in published continuity. Mm-hmm. And what, what really bothered me was, it's still what I talk about when it comes to the erasure of the all new, all different generation, was the fact that um, when uh, Marvel Legacy hit, and because of all the backlash from the gatekeepers, that 
Laura got pushed back into an X-23 book written by Tamaki, and you could tell Tamaki wasn't satisfied with it. You could tell in the writing of it that it was very much like just getting by until it was over because you had just came off of Tom Taylor's amazing run where she assumed the role of Wolverine, and she had become the person she was meant to be. And then you throw her backwards because of idiot white dude backlash. And that's what had a lot of people upset. And then there's that moment in the Hickman run where she flat out says, my name is Wolverine. And everyone's just like, yes! And it was just so satisfying. And now that she's on the main X-Men team, it's so more satisfying because we don't have to throw her away just because we couldn't live with the fact that Logan was dead. We had to bring Logan back. You could have left him dead and no one would have batted an eye. You had old man Logan over here. We can't leave Logan dead. I'm just no, 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 no. I, I, I've been, I've been so adamant about this for so long. Logan was literally buried in molten adamantium, and his uh, healing factor would not allow him to recover. He was dead, dead. But you still like had, o- but you still had old man Logan who got teleported during Secret Wars and was just kind of like the grandpa of the X Men, chilling in the background, smoking a cigar, making jokes to whoever the fuck wanted a joke, and then was happy and content with Laura being Wolverine. He would still be on a team himself occasionally, like how he was an X-Men Gold, but Laura was Wolverine, and we all accepted this. But no, but all the freaking dudes were just like, oh, wait, wait, she's not Wolverine, she's X-23. You really think I give a fuck? She's, she's Wolverine. That's really all, really all there is to it. And mm-hmm. for those people who love Wolverine and say that X-23 is Wolverine, they clearly don't know their Wolverine history because during X-Force, when things need to be hunted and things need to be done, Logan would go to her. What do you mm-hmm. see? What do you see? What are you tracking right now? Like, you know what I mean? He was basically mm-hmm. making sure that she didn't follow down the same path that he went down. Exactly. Second coming where she was like, what do you want me to do? And Logan was like, what do you want to do? And she yelled out, I don't know. And he goes, and I'm releasing you. Go find out. Mm-hmm. And, it was like, and I, I felt like that was a writer going, stop making her just Wolverine psychic because she's not that. She never should have been that. We've seen the writers who have been like, she should be more than just some random Logan Lackey or Cyclops's like um, bodyguard or assassin. She's more than that. And, we're, and I think we're seeing a lot of it more now with the Hickman run. With, I think it's Jerry Duggan writing the, the new X-Men run now. I, I think, think so. so. So it's like, we have this. And it's like, we have, these, we have this great character. Let her grow. She's less. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with um, Kamala or Kamala or Kamala Khan. Same thing with Miles Morales. You have mm, these, you don't. You have these characters that are new, who are carrying on this legacy. Let them grow. Logan, Lo, it's different with Logan. He can be around forever. It's different with Captain Marvel, but she's no longer Miss Marvel. Let her grow. At some point, Peter Parker is going to die, <laughs> like, or just know? fucking retire. Yes. We have Mayday Parker. Why can't Mayday Parker be a thing? Why can't she come to the? There's just there's a million things that you could be doing with this, and it's just like like you said, the gatekeepers and the the douchebags from was it Comics Gate or whatever the hell it is. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's funny when they're like, "Oh, comic book sales are down because of this." Is that yeah, they're down because your dumbasses aren't buying them and understand that there are good still there are still good comic books out there. 
I, I love how for once I don't have to be the one to say this. I can just drink my drink and not have to be mad for a minute. Because <laughs> normally I'm the angry man on, 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 the, on, the, on the soapbox, so it's nice to get a break. I appreciate you, Wade. Do not get me started on that, man. Like I am, I will be the I am. I am a big person on representation on how fucking important it is. And when people go, they're taking away our history. No, they're not. There will always be, and I said this earlier on another show, there will always be Americans in comic books. But there is no such thing as, like, American history. And if you want to talk about it, it's racist as fuck. Do you really want that American history? You don't, because you don't want to have that fucking conversation. Now, if someone who happened to be white was like, I'd like to have more Irish characters. I absolutely, I'm absolutely with you. I need more Scottish characters. I need more Norwegian characters. I need more Italian characters. Yes, that makes sense to me. Because you do want someone who represents the same kind of things that you do. I see Mary online, and, she, and you talk about, like, you're, like, you're Nordish, correct? Swedish. Or, Swedish, sorry. My apologies. No, and, like, I'm not offended. But, like, just, like, the things, like, in the molds you make, and, like, you're proud of the things you make. And so for you, it would be nice to see someone who kind of like represents the same things you do. And we had the conversation about how much Kate Kane means to you. Oh, yeah. And so I do want to preface for Ian specifically, this is a joke, okay. but I don't think anybody wants to read about more Canadian superheroes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, we've dove off okay. into a, okay. a, a very far <laughs> tangent, but the, 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 well, the, 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 the point of it though, was to say that um, the webcomic is great. Casuals being uh, the next generation of comic book readers is a great thing. Um, and the webcomic is awesome. Uh, next thing, and so, so we sort of like dove into the pot of Batman a bit more when it comes to hit the writing of it. We'll, we'll, like, in uh, the one book that's doing great in the Batman department, which is Tamaki's detective run, we now have the looming end of James Tynan the Force uh, Batman run coming up. And now it has been announced that Joshua Williamson will be the one to take over. And while this is a bit of late news, we've been behind and, and you can deal with it. But we will talk about this for a minute. Joshua Williamson has had an amazing career at uh, DC so far. He went on from having a phenomenal run on DC Reverse The Flash and came into his own in his writing and then started to assist with things like DC uh, Future State with the Justice League and the different books now. And now that he's writing uh, Deathstroke Incorporated, as well as the, the, the new Damian Wayne Robin book, which I can't stand, um, but I, we're, we're going with I, it. I love it. I'm sorry? I love it. I, 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 I hate it so much. I hate it. The only good things in that book are Connor Hawk and, and Rose Wilson, because you brought Connor Hawk back into canon, and any reason to still have Rose Wilson in canon, I will take. But Damian Wayne needs to either go away or die. Ah! Anyway, moving on. James. So I mean, I, I mean, I've, just... I've talked about it so many times now. Like, everyone knows. I'm, I'm a, I literally would beat Damian Wayne to death if I could. Like, I'm sorry. Like Ram, like if, like in Wade, you you haven't heard this before. If I like, I'm literally someone who is of the belief that that Grant Morrison's only mistake in, in in their comic book career was creating Damian Wayne, and I will die on that hill. For the love of Odin, man! Like James, if, James, you're not gonna die on that hill. You are gonna get a bunch of dirt, turn it into clay, build that hill, make a moat and a fortification on the hill, and then die on the hill. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> Because because here's the thing, Wade. We were content as a Bat family. 
we were and, and the thing about it is I feel the, like the same way about Duke Thomas and the fact that Scott Snyder felt the need to bring another sidekick into the house. But I'm more lenient with Duke Thomas because of the fact that when it came to We Are Robin, I would have still appreciated We Are Robin being a thing. You didn't need to make him the signal. The signal thing is still dumb to this day, and I will not. I will die on that hill. The We Are Robin pitch of creating a Robin Incorporated to ma- to match the Batman Incorporated was such a great angle, and having Alfred leave that would have been such a great thing to continue after Bruce returned in New Fifty Two. But like having Duke, a black person, be at the head of that Robin legacy would have been so fucking cool. But can I tell you? Oh, go ahead. I was just saying the and again, I'm the universe actually must have known that this was going to happen. I just I actually just read for the first time We Are Robin. It's a damn good book. It's a good book, and they get to Robin Ward and tanks. Yeah, and I was, and I'm so I'm reading this, and I'm like, wow, this is so damn good. And now, had I not read that, I wouldn't have had an opinion on this. You're a thousand percent right that it would have been exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that that Bruce trusts Duke to have his own thing, like during the day, like you know, Mm. Bruce. Bruce is the night until he leaves Gotham in November. Uh, But the fact. (laughs) That the fact that Duke Thomas has his whole thing, he has a mission and all that, I love it. I also really appreciate the fact that he was like, I'm not interested in being your Robin. And he goes, I'm trying something new. So he's not necessarily his sidekick. And I don't know if anybody here has read All-Star Batman when he was... Yes. So in the fact that like he wouldn't have even gotten through all that if not for Duke Thomas. So exactly. I like, so I like that he's not his Robin. He's his own person. But it would have been infinitely better if not only was he not his own robin if he was his own person because he could still be signal in charge of the robin corpse or whatever you want to call it. exactly and like when it comes to that I, w- I i don't i think the signal name is so dumb because like oh he can he shines bright like like no that that's uh, that was such a dumb thing to do you didn't need to give him superpowers i just uh. you you could have thought of another bird or something to make him unique or something else or rather, you could have quit making your uh, like Scott Snyder. I love you, and you like well, like we've been talking about this since 2016. You still have an invitation to come on the show, so I can talk to you about this. When it comes to Duke, not only was I happy for another person of color in the Bat family, he was still fine just being a Robin, just not being attached to the rest of the Robin legacy. Like you could have had him be the We Are Robin leader and have the Robins interact with them occasionally, but not be up the Robin's ass. That's why I hate Damien. Damien Wayne came into the, Damien, Damien Wayne came into the Bat Family and literally wrecked havoc for twelve years now. I believe is that is that am I right on that? Twelve years, something like that. Um, and in regards to that, he's not only damaged the reputation of Robin as a character being a loyal sidekick that is there for, for Batman, but he's created this my blood's thicker than your water type mentality with the Robins and not only created insecurity in the fact that, that anybody could be adopted by this, this loving person who never had a, like who hasn't had a family in so many years, but it, it created this a bad vibe because of the fact of what was done to create him. And we've already, we talked about it last week, very briefly, I'm not going into it again this week, but the way Talia went about it was so wrong and I, I hate it. But on top of that, Damien literally pushed Tim Drake out of, out of being Robin and Tim Drake didn't know what the fuck to do with himself. He literally was just like, well, I guess I'll grab this suit from kingdom come and be red Robin now when that didn't make any fucking sense. 
he came in and said, I'm Robin now, bitch. Get the fuck out. And it was just like, no. And it like it doesn't work because you had like you had literally Dick is Nightwing, freaking Jason was was Red Hood. Now, now Tim is Robin. Tim should have been your last Robin. Tim should have been the end of the line because Tim makes up everything that it means to be a Robin. Fuck Jeff Johns and the Titans tomorrow. And, and like Tim is literally what Robin should be. The next Batman who wants to be Batman. Who spends his entire life learning from Bruce's mistakes and being Batman. Dick never wanted to be Batman. He did it because he, he, he had to. But Tim wants to be Batman. He wants to succeed and be the thing that can save the city. And all these Tim is corrupted stories because Jeff Johns has a boner for corrupted hero stories. Ugh. Like, no. Tim should have been the next in line. And Tim should have been the last Robin. That's why I love the idea of We Are Robin. Because it shows that everybody in the city, every child can be the next person that can lead alongside of the next generation's Batman. And yet Damien comes along and says, nah, bitch, I'm going to take my katana in my blood that's connected to Bruce Wayne, and I'm in charge now. And it's so stupid. And then he's violent and like annoying every five seconds. And then the new 52 movies made him freaking be in a relationship with Raven, and then the tweens got involved. And it's just been this train wreck of stupid for the past 12 years, and I'm so sick of it. I just want him to pull the, you know, I'm the only one who can call myself Bat Family crap because I'm related. I want him to try that with Kate in the room and just have her throw her hands up. Like, really? I'm right. Like, it's it's the same shit. And, like, every time somebody smacks Damien in the head, whether it be whether it be Tim, whether it be Dick, whether it be uh, Jason, whether it be any uh, Bar- Barbara, because there's a funny thing in the webcomic about Barbara going, you're not allowed to drive the Batmobile, you're too young. And then Damien pouts. And it's just and it's just like, Damien doesn't belong here. He's like, like it's the scene from he Mean Girls. He doesn't even go here. Right, no, it's the scene from Mean Girls. He doesn't even go here. He shouldn't have been created. Oh. He shouldn't exist. And he's, he's a stayed on the Bat family legacy, and I hate him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, first off. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. First off, I want to say something. I've never had a, a Damien Defender come in, come in my house, and I kind of want to see what he has to say, man. I'm not going to lie. I would run the whole podcast specifically for this. So first off, I just want to say thank you in the same sense that I am, that I'm not the angry person here, because I start my show by calling myself the god of stubborn. So I just want to say thank you for, uh, for like, me seeing mm-hmm. Sound like, and I'm proud of it. Fuck that noise. I'm an emotional. I'm an emotional Scorpio. Kiss my ass. I'm so, a Libra, but it's fine. <laughs> so, recently, in an issue of Robin, since you, since I'm sure you hate read it. Yes. Dick yes, Grace. Dick Grace said said something that made a lot of sense to me. You were my Robin. Mm-hmm, I remember that shit. I hated it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, especially considering that, like. I I never thought that Dick Grayson. I don't think Dick Grayson should ever have been Batman. If anybody's going to be Batman, it's Tim. Tim is a close in person to Batman. He just mm. he isn't as great a fighter as Batman. However, I'm going to harken back to something I said yesterday. Do you know what the difference is between Jason Todd and Bruce Wayne? Money. That is mm-hmm. the two of them. If Bruce Wayne would parents would have died in the streets and he didn't have the money, it would have been Jason Todd. There literally mm-hmm. is, there's no difference between the two of them. I say I say all that to say this. 
Damian Wayne is everything that you said he is, and that's the point. I hate it. I hate it. You, you're, you are absolutely supposed to hate it. You're absolutely supposed to, you're absolutely supposed to hate everything that he is because he has all this privilege. He was raised by Talia and Ra's al Ghul as one of the greatest fighters as soon as he could fight. Then he comes and find, then he comes and finds out that his dad is Batman. So now on top of being a killer assassin, he's trained by someone with restraint. So not only can he fight somebody without killing them, he can fight somebody and kill them. So all that unfortunately, all that justified anger, hatred, and murderous rage, it's supposed to be there. You're not supposed to like Damian Wayne. And that's actually the point. So Oh, can I can I bring up something? It was a Twitter argument that I saw the other day, and I thought it was hilarious that this person, you know, kind of going back to what you just said about Damien's training, that Damien could beat Cassandra Kane, and I'm still, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> laughing. See, and like, and I appreciate that you brought that up, Wade. But here's my counter to that: Dan Jurgen. Can I just say that, like, if they ever fought, so in a in a real fight. Do you know how many Bat family members Damian Wayne is Damian Wayne is beating in a fight? He might. He might beat Spoiler. He's he not might beat Spoiler. He might beat Tim on a good day because he has beaten Tim on a landslide before. And that's it. But, I yeah. feel like because, you know, Bruce would whoop him. Uh, Bruce, Dick, and Jason would kick the shit out of him. Barbara would, like, put her for- like put her hand on his forehead. And, you know, he's trying to punch her, and she's, like, pushing yeah. him back. Yeah. Uh, like, Kate, Barbara, Kate, Kate just lights a goddamn cigarette. Like. Oh, I think Kate would punch him once. He'd wake up and be like, what the fuck happened? And Kate would be like, are you done? <laughs> She's grumpy bat mom. I've been making that joke for years, especially, you know, um, given uh, the detective run. Like, she's just grumpy bat mom. Yes. But no, yeah. uh, real quick, before, like, before we talk about the Williamson stuff, because we need to get back on track. Here's my biggest point about Damian Wayne, and I will die on this hill. Dan Jurgens, one of the best Superman writers of all time. And, and Mary, uh, can you confirm that? Because you are the Superman uh, writer, uh, librarian. Can you confirm but, that for me? Uh, yeah, no. Uh. Objectively, I still give that to Louise Simonson, but I said yeah. one. Dan Jurgen is the best man to write Superman. Let's put it that I, way. I said one on purpose because he, like, there was there are other people in the equation. But well, yes, no, no, no. the only two that I will absolutely simp for are Dan Jurgens and Louise Simonson. Fair. Um, Dan Jurgens, one of the best uh, Batman writer, I mean, Superman writers of all time. Wrote Batman Beyond during DC Rebirth, where he created the canon that Damian Wayne finally gave up being Robin and went and became the head of the demon. That is where Damian belongs. And, and ironically enough, the Titans run that I told, that I told you not to read from uh, the New Justice era is literally setting up that. Where Damien grabs this random group of fucking kids, a random genie girl, fucking Ben 10's cannon bolt, but as a, as a blue kid, a blue fat kid, and then the other two sidekicks that nobody cares about anymore besides the small, like, Twitter population, Wallace West and Emiko Queen, because the other sidekicks have come in and, and, and told them to leave. Um, the, like, the, because they're the fourth generation of sidekicks, as it were. Because, like, you have Connor... 
um, Roy and Mia for, for Green Arrow. You have Bart, Wally, and Wallace, and Jesse, and everybody else for Flash. Wallace and Emiko are the bottom of the, pole, the totem pole. So you have the bottom of the totem pole, generational sidekicks, and then a genie girl, Ben 10 character, and that's it uh, on, on this random Teen Titans team. And they go in here, and constantly after the events of the, um, cry, not I Cry for Justice, whatever the hell it was, uh, All for Justice or something like that, where, like, um, all the Justice League members and a couple of Suicide Squad people work together to stop, like, an alien invasion and in the, the source wall breaks and whatever the hell that was. Um, yeah. That entire thing. During that book, Damien hated the actions that Bruce did and the compromises that Bruce made to save the universe. That he started locking up different villains in a warehouse basement and made his own version of Arkham Asylum. And it got to the point. And it got to the point where Batman finally shows up and t- and tells Damien that you're no longer going. to do this and hey no this was the villain arc we finally needed where Damien assumes the role that he is supposed to have because Damien could be the ultimate villain for a Tim Drake Batman or a Dick Grayson Batman or whoever the fuck would take over as Batman the literal spawn of Bruce Wayne being your main villain would be so cool. Even in, in Grant Morrison's like uh like future, where uh, Damien's Batman, he's a he's a horrible individual, and yet we couldn't get this canon where Dan Jurgens created him as the head of the demon. Granted, he does kind of come back later when when some of the demon representatives were gonna kill him, and he says, "Hey, Father, I've returned. I will be uh part of the family again." Which all right, cool. That's at the end of his life. I'm not worried about that anymore. But. At the core of what it is, Damien could be one of the most compelling villains. If you really want there to be a child of Batman, make him the villain. Like, even Tom Taylor understood that in the Injustice book where they randomly make up another random uh, Talia child who's who's a girl who is harder and faster and stronger than Damien. And it's a really cool idea where the the child of Batman should be your villain. And that makes more sense to me than saying, move over, Robin. I'm the new Robin. Can I be – want to hear something funny? Uh, you bring up Tom Taylor. One of, the, one of my favorite things on the internet this year was when we saw footage of Supergirl or um, Superwoman on set. And it's Supergirl. It was Supergirl. And they saw her on set. And, there was, and Tom Taylor liked it. And someone was like, oh, how dare you like that? And you call yourself a comic book writer. He goes – it's a suit what? that I created. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? What? Basically, um, there is a bit of an uproar because um, Supergirl's going to be in Flashpoint because, yeah, you know, that. absolutely Supergirl's going to be in a movie about the Flash. Yeah. Um, but, you know, A, she has short, dark hair. And we've more or less figured out that it's not Kara. That it appears to be, at least this is the theory that I've seen, this is the theory I like, and the theory that I hope is true, that it might be the daughter of Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. Oh, okay. So, like, have her as Supergirl. 
Okay, I'm with it. Or, you know, th- that's one theory that I've seen. Another one's like, it's just dark hair car. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. But like, but no, that's the, that's the theory that I'm a really big fan of because, you know, they're bringing back Keaton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this would be a decent way to homage um, Kidder and uh, Reed. Reed. I would, I would absolutely love that. But what's the issue that pulling Taylor into it? That what, what suit are they referencing? Because she has her like the short black hair, and if you read the Inju- the, the injustice, I feel like it was a Justice Year Two. Or she year has three. one of the injustice suits on. Oh, who, who the fuck? Grow up. Anyway, I'm moving on. Um. Yeah. Anyway, in terms of uh, Williamson, I'm gonna keep this short. In terms of Williamson writing Batman, he's already writing two books for. DC, Deathstroke Incorporated, and Robin. I'm annoyed that he that there's a chance that he's going to force Damien back into the Bat Family legacy um, by having him spawn back in, in the Batman comic, but that's I, I love... Yeah, it's going to hurt my soul. But um, B- Williamson's Flash run was so good that I'm, I'm not going to object, but after how good Williamson's Future State Justice League was, I would have figured you kick Bendis out the fucking house and make Williamson the Justice League writer for a relaunch. Why, why the hell do you give him Batman? He has, he has a very hopeful writing style. Make him be Superman writer. or like Because honestly, in a perfect world, if you want to start a new generation or a new relaunch of the DC Universe, Tom Taylor should be your Batman writer and Williamson should be your Superman writer. Not the other way around. And we're getting so, the other way around. So I'm going to disagree with you specifically because Bruce is leaving. Okay, eh, but fine. But like, in general, if, like, in a perfect world, like whether it's the legacy character like um, J- uh, Jace Fox or whoever, the, like if you read um, one of the like the annuals uh, from like last year, the year before last, where Tom Taylor wrote a Bruce and Alfred story, yes. that that story right there told me that that Tom Taylor belongs in Gotham. And yeah, it's cool. He has the right and helps write Superman. I think Williamson's run on Flash proves that he would be a great Superman writer. And yet we kind of just threw, threw him to Batman for no reason. And it seems like it's out of his element, if, like, if that makes sense. He could prove me wrong. Exactly. It feels like it's out of his element. And hear me out, and this could just be the champagne talking. Oh we just find someone new. That's true. For the love of Odin. There are other writers out there. Gas, shock, and all. I know the big t- the big two are passing books around between the same four people. My my thing is like, can we just get Bendis up the house and like, yeah, you can have your two power people be Tom Taylor and Joshua Williamson, but can we get? Um, I love that there's you know it's kind of strange because the big two used to have the what I like to call the certified woman, but I love that there's also the token queer now with that. It's funny you brought that up because I was going to say shock and awe because one of the things that I'm loving at is I'm seeing Vita Ayala all over the place. And I right. love you, you got them. You got them writing static. You got them writing the new Nubia book. You like, like Vita, please come on the show. I have, I, I will literally do anything to come on the show. Okay. Please. Again, this could be the champagne talking. Look, Vita. I love you. I love your stuff. I've been a big fan for a long time. Watch but look, scary. with Karma and Danny, shit or get off the pot. Oh my god. Are you, are you, really, are you really doing this right now? Stop playing with are my you, emotions. Are you doing this right now? But anyway. Um, but no, Mary, what are, you, like, what are your opinions about Williamson being on Batman besides um, like, like the same five writers being in DC? Truthfully. 
Like, and I'm this, I don't even say this with any degree of snark or malice. I don't care. Like, I think, I think Williamson is one of those guys who writes the exact same thing every single time. Mm, Okay. And it's just like I, I have tried to death with all of his flashbooks, like and it's just it's the exact same thing every time. And I actually find it to be really, really cookie cutter. I think he's mediocre at best. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was the Wally writing that and like the fact that he wrote a decently interesting Barry, even though Barry Allen is as compelling as milk to inside of toast. But like I don't know. It was a good run, but I don't know. Wait, do you have any opinion on Williamson before we move on? Um, I'm not really great on big on like the, the idea of like names. So, so like Williamson's for me is still fairly new because I'm just now over the last couple of years getting really heavy when it comes to like DC comic books. So I don't know the name, but I'm also not really. Flash is one of those comics. I think Mary, you might have actually posted something recently. It was like, who's a character that you want to like, but no matter what happens, you can't like them. Flash is that guy for me. I bear. I don't give a fuck about any of the Flashes if it's not an animated series. See, and here's the thing for me: if it weren't for me reading Young Justice and like '90s Titans as a kid, I wouldn't give a fuck about Flash because I feel like Flash is too powerful for his own good. And unlike Superman, who can occasionally find an ounce of humanity, I feel like if it weren't for Barry and uh, Bart and Wally being compelling and somewhat comedic. Flash would serve no purpose because when it comes to being a speedster, you're already either hitting your limit or find some way to exceed your limit, and that's it. It's like it's like Dragon Ball Z. You're gonna find a new form, or you're gonna use the forms you already got to beat the villain. That's all it is. So it's like when it comes to Flash, it's just. Eh. But like when it when it when it comes to compelling writing, there's some books that you can do. Like if you want a good Flash book. Go back and read Mark Wade's Flash run, where he brings Wally into the mix and does all the big shit before Jeff Johns comes in and, and says Barry's back. Like that is a run that you can take to the bank right there. Is is uh, Mark Wade's Flash run, and I highly recommend that. You want something funny, and you talk about, and I'm a big like Thor is one of my favorite characters, and I'm a big fan of characters that are flawed. And everyone goes, "Well, Thor's a god. He's a very flawed god." Yes, he, gets, he has a red Norse mythology. He's kind of a douche. What are you talking about? Thor has never been redhead or fat ever. Oh God, no, never, not at all. But like, I love the fact that like for for probably being the greatest god in all of comic books, like he's incredibly flawed. He loses a lot. He gets ass whooped a lot, and he learns a lot from every from every fight. I feel that Flash is one of those characters who is burdened by being probably close to one of the characters who should never be unbeaten. Excuse me, who should never be beaten. It's almost like Iceman. They, people look at their powers and say, oh, all Iceman does is create ice. All Flash does is run fast. And like, that's an oversimplification of everything that happens. When realistically, if um, uh, Barry Allen or Wally West wanted to kill Superman, there's not a fucking thing he could do about it. There's nothing he could do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, he's just that good with his powers. And when it comes to Iceman, as long as he stays in ice form and he kind of stays away from a place where he can't reform, he's fine. 
That's why whenever we like neuter an Iceman as a character, it like blows my mind because ironically enough, um, in Wolverine and the X Men, where he flat or like flat out just like creates ice golems to protect the entire school, it shows how powerful he is as an Omega level mutant. I love it. Oh god, don't get me started on the fact that when people talk Wolverine, I go, "You have no idea what you're talking about," because Wolverine is one of the deepest characters, and I love that run because he flat out tells Iceman. You have been underachieving for decades. Step it the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speak on it. All right. So that was a great point to move on from there. The next thing we want to talk about, like, we honestly, we might even, we might even just, like, save the comic tropes for when Travis comes back. Because, like, we kind of created an awesome show, and we still have, like, two more solid topics. I might skip the controversy thing, because, like... That's kind of not worth speaking on at this point. But the Bennett's two- a douche and land sucks. There we go. Yeah, Bennett's a douche and we don't care anymore. And so's land. So who cares? Um, that, that, that's, 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 that's the moral of the story in regards to the controversy. Um, and leave Al Ewing alone. He was contractually obligated. Leave him alone. Um, that's what I'm going to say. Ewing, and Al Ewing is honest to hold one of the most progressive writers that you have in Marvel Comics in general. Do not piss him off and let him leave Marvel Comics, especially when he has all these people who actually do a thing where it's like, hey, look at that. We have black, we have white, we have Spanish, we have LGBTQ members all over the fucking place. Ice. Like, oh God. Al Ewing's Ultimates run is one of the best comic runs of all time. I would die on that hill. And if we're going to talk about the conversation that he had during Immortal Hulk's when Jacqueline McGee started um, talking about what it's like to be a black woman and how, like, she can't actually hold her age. And like how she's not allowed to be angry. I show that to every black woman that I knew, and they're like, "Yeah, that's what it feels like." This is a white man, if I'm not mistaken, talking about stuff like this. So it leads me to believe that he did his research on that. Someone of as a person of color, I appreciate the shit out of that because because when you have people who write articles, and I'm pretty sure Mary, I've come to you and said, "Hey, does this make sense? I don't want to make I want to make sure I don't offend anybody when I write this." You want to make sure that you're talking, you're not misrepresenting something that you're writing about. And that is incredibly important. That's something that you can't be mad at someone who's writing something if they're doing, if the artist is doing something else. Exactly. I'm going to win a beer. I'll be right back. (laughs) All right. Well, while he grabs himself a beer, let's go ahead and dive into this next topic. Um, So... Marvel Comics, uh, we, we seem to rarely ever talk about Marvel Comics in this house, and we need to start doing it more, has decided to bring up uh, and like sort of revamp and relaunch their Marvel Unlimited app. Marvel Unlimited, surprisingly, was one, was one of the biggest pioneers of digital comics when it comes to putting them out. They have this policy where every 12, like after about 12 to 8 months, or 8 to 12 months, they will release a book that was already in print and will put it out in digital form through the Marvel Unlimited app where you can read, like, it's like a $9.99 uh, fee per month to read Marvel's entire extensive comic book library from, uh, like, like from, from the beginning of time when, uh, when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby first began all the way until na- uh, now, about 12 to 8 months ago. And, like, they started to see a lot of push when it came to DC Universe Infinite when it came to their push and them trying to go six months in terms of their comic book library from beginning to end. And while DC Universe had, sh- uh, had its fair share of problems trying to be a comic book reader and a media platform and then revamped itself, relaunched under DC Universe Infinity, 
by, by moving all of the media content to HBO Max and making the, 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 the reader app only a solely reader app. And I think it has a forum, too, for, like, fan-type crap. But it like a fan forum for discussion. Yeah, like it's it's proven to be very successful in trying to be a competitor for Marvel Unlimited, who was the OG when it came to that. And now recently, Marvel Unlimited has relaunched with a, with a more sort of, I guess, user friendly uh, app. Even though the the reader um like program is still kind of flawed because it just kind of scrolls like it's a PDF reader and doesn't do what Comicsology and DC Universe do, where it flips the page, but. That's a gripe that I'm not going to c- complain too much about. But in general, the, what they're trying to do now with their new relaunch is create specific exclusive digital comic books to, to sort of give people a reason to, to mess with it. One of the bigger ones that was announced was, even though Jonathan Hickman is leaving uh, his X-Men run, he is writing a digital exclusive X-Men Unlimited book, sort of tying in to the end of his run and continuing with some exclusive characters like Wolverine and others included. There's also the return of, of the little Marvel sort of uh, like type of, of writing, st- like uh, artistry style that Scotty Young does in the form of a comic. Uh, under um uh what it was the giant sized little marvels uh uh comic there's also an exclusive captain america book an exclusive black widow book there's a shang chi book which i'm i'm gonna speak on that in a second because I, I don't know how i feel about that one um well i have an opinion about that because it, like the fact that they're kind of sidelining him and the way they are is kind of annoying um, that there is going to be a few other titles that are included along with this. One of the big hit ones that came out recently was uh, the Jeff the Shark um, digital book, which Jeff the Shark has been an ongoing character in several different titles over the past few years and became a fan favorite little mini character in his own right. And it was a cute little thing and people enjoy it. And Marvel Unlimited has, has been a platform that people have enjoyed for a long time as a gateway into comic books. And I think... This uh, Marvel Infinity push has potential, like because they kind of tried this about mm, what was it four years ago with the Comicsology exclusives, where they had um, the Luke Cage, the Jessica Jones, and the Iron Fist um, Comicsology exclusives, and the Daughters of the Dragon Comicsology exclusives that were that were going to tie into the Netflix shows, and that was a great way to do that because not only had their um, print uh, comics had just ended under certain creators like Brian Michael Bendis and um, David F. Walker. But this was a way for but fans who were more digital friendly when it came to their readership, being able to dive into them on a digital platform rather than having to go to the store or just pick up the large print versions on the Comixology app. You had a reason to come to Comixology to read some of your favorite characters that uh, not necessarily were as successful in print form because that's the big issue that uh, the big two have said for so long, the reason why you don't see diverse books on shelves is because of low readership. But in reality, the low readership is more contributed to the fact that um, the diverse population is more interested in digital or trade format because of the fact that three to four to five ninety nine uh, per title can be costly for the new generation. They are not picking up the floppy print as much. And that was a great way to do that by giving them the digital exclusive version of the book. Now with this, not giving us exclusive books behind a monthly paywall is actually kind of a, a, a smart idea. But my thing about this is when it comes to a book like uh, Shang-Chi, 
Why the fuck are you doing him dirty like this? Not only <coughs> because because of the fact that you spent the past four or five years doing these um Asian uh, Asian inspired characters um like throughout like uh, what was the relaunch of um Agents of Atlas, but the other books having their own like Swordmaster and the other ones like that got their own titles or like miniseries. But Shang-Chi has one of the most biggest movies out right now, um, sort of rivaling in the same capacity that Black Panther did in terms of representation, where it's giving an entire group of people of color their own hero. And it should have happened a long time ago, and there was a lot of fear behind it because Shang-Chi is very much just a martial artist superhero, and they didn't, ha- they didn't believe it could be profitable. But now that they see, because of the outpouring um, for Mulan, despite it being critically, eh, it became a good thing for the Asian population when it comes to of of like p- potential actor quality. But also because of the representation, Shang Chi is doing bangers right now, and yet you didn't give him the immunity that you gave Black Panther, where you are not canceling his book. You are sidelining him to a, a digital exclusive app, and that kind of bothers me. Um, Wade, you're the guest. How do you feel about that? Well, there's a lot that goes into everything that you said. First off, let me just say that I'm happy that Shang-Chi did as well as it does, but I, it, I also think that it's the perfect storm of a new character being able to go back to the theaters. And, and then the fans going out and supporting something that's actually good. Because people talk about like supporting something, but you don't want to support a piece of shit because all that really means is it's like we can keep pumping out nonsense that actually isn't really good. Mm. So let me put that out there. In terms of the Shang-Chi book, I like that we're seeing him in a different light, in a different light because it's rare that we see him in a book that's actually good. And him being like, you know, him having adversity in terms of like the heroes of the comic book world not really trusting him that we've seen so far. And then seeing this dark, mysterious character that's obviously his father. It's almost like you didn't trust him enough. You know what I mean? Like, so Black Widow was supposed to come out last year or earlier this year. There was a Taskmaster miniseries that was good until the last six pages, then it just went to shit. <laughs> so you so what you so when I read that, I was like, oh, okay, so what you told me from that series is that you didn't trust the character enough to give it a good enough ending that made a lot of sense. The more I read the Shang-Chi book, the more I realize this isn't about Shang-Chi. You guys are doing this as just a way to capitalize on the movie that's coming out. It's the same way mm-hmm. I feel about Joker comic book because the Joker comic book is phenomenal, but it's ninety percent Jim Gordon. Yeah. So I don't really feel that Marvel actually gives a shit about Shang Chi. They just, or even you know, the Asian demographic, they just care about the money that comes with it because Shang Chi has yet to do anything that's been remotely as good as he did. He taught Spider Man how to fight on the wall. And I want to let that sink in. Shang-Chi taught Spider-Man how to fight on the wall. He did. He created a new form of martial arts to help Spider-Man during, what was it, um, Spider-Island, I believe, what it was? Mm-hmm. We're not getting the Master of Kung Fu here. 
we're getting a watered-down version of Shang-Chi. I'm hoping that there is some end-game resolution because so far I'm enjoying the book. But to quote Tone Loke in the first Ace Ventura, something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid. Something about this seems really off and feels really wrong. See, the unfortunate thing is that Shang-Chi also has a another whole host of problems coming down the pipeline because from and now i don't know if this is still the um current thing but the last news i saw was that it might not be getting a chinese release because there there were some comments that simolu made uh because his parent he is he is uh, canadian but his parents are from china and um Something he tweeted out a number of years ago was basically his parents relaying how uh, horrific their upbringing was in China, specifically in relation to the communist government. So it might not be getting a Chinese, uh, be getting a release in China for that. And the same report that I read basically said that um, Chloe Zhao, who's you know directing the Eternals, was praised within China for her directorial prowess. But then she said something similar, and China stonewalled um, Nomadland from being released. So this could say something about the Eternals as well. And for all of our bluster about the box office, China is still the biggest world box office. So that could spell problems for Shang-Chi. But I haven't seen it. Um, I'm not 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 going to do it. No disrespect to the film, and I know this is, you know, counterintuitive that if we want more media like this, we need to go represent it. We need to go support it. But there's a pandemic going on. There's a pandemic going on. Like I'm fully vaccinated, but no thank you. Like you can't trust everybody else to be vaccinated. So like I'm sorry. Like props to y'all. I'm not gonna be like happy that the black folks hating on Aquafina. She getting her money. Who cares? Like go 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 make your money. Like, thank you. Why, why like, are people mad at Aquafina? So, okay. And Wade, <laughs> and, and Wade, you can attest to this. But they're like similar to the Iggy Azalea situation that happened a number of years ago. Pe- people feel some type of way about um, people using like black tone or black accents to like be, like start their career similar to what Aquafina or Iggy Azalea did to sort of use like like black culture to inspire their careers like I'll still say it's death um pa- like Yellow Power Ranger or whatever the or the, fu- the fucking track called Saber Tiger I still have that on my Spotify Aquafina made a banger there but in terms of her like her as a as an artist she very much did take the black accents and the black tones to create herself as a platform and then was like okay now i'm gonna go to acting and expects her to have this in giant giant career and a lot of people have uh, have feel some type of way about it and my thing about it is yo we we have no time to be mad at at another person of color when it comes to the fact that like there's so much other shit to be more more worried about like i I don't have the energy y'all really gonna be mad at, at old girl for getting her money like come on now I don't, have, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have that energy. Like, that, that's where I, I'm, like, like wait, like, am, am, I, am I wrong? Like, like tell me, please. Not, not even a little bit, man. Like, there's, there's a, to, again, uh, to quote what you just said, like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, bro. Like, I don't, like, my wife's immunocompromised. I, you know, like, I don't care enough 
deal with a lot of stuff. One thing this pandemic has definitely showed me is that there are just certain things that just really aren't worth a lot of our time and effort. And that's just really how I feel about it. It's like, yo, I'm not going to care about a lot of shit that y'all do. And that's perfectly fine. There are people gonna be, there's going to be some things that I care about that other people aren't going to care about. And that's also fine. But there are some hills that I just don't give a fuck about. Let's take, let's take, um, before I make this statement, and before I say what I'm going to say, is the N-word okay on the show? Fuck. The N-word. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, me, me and Travis say all the time, it don't fucking matter. All right. I'm not, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with never listening to uh, Donda and that MAGA nigga. Like, I'm cool. Like, I'm absolutely all set on it, and I'm willing to die on that hill. I'll never hear you know, it. Yeah, no, nah, me, me, me and Yay, or as it were, I don't, you know, denied. I'm, I'm personally okay with that. So there are certain hits going on in some of I'm just kind of like, I like had to rap and like now she's moved on like she doesn't have to apologize for it she co-opted shit it's not like she had cornrows or some shit it's not like she had dreads like come even, on now. like it, even uh, she had let's just say for shit's in the middle she had cornrows let's just let's just say that she did like that's just a thing let's say she had let's say she had dreads and I and I tell people all the time like there's a difference between dreads and locks it all depends. And it all depends on how you. It depends on what. Especially because you know. how white folks do Viking shit, they 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 started their own shit on that, so we can't even fuck with that. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like you know what? And where people are like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, yeah, it's like there's there are cultures to this shit that some people just don't know about. So if you don't know what exactly is going on, like like cut it the fuck out, man. Like exactly. You know, yeah. So like like I said, there's some hills that I'm just absolutely not gonna die on that moment. I appreciate you you could like you backing me up on that because honestly I've I've kind of been quiet about it for a long time. But I was like, you know what? If, I, if this is the day I die, this is the day I die because it's just like there there's a more shit that we need to be worried about. And the fact that like there's so many I've seen so many amazing like like Asian folks in like in the in, like in the nerd sphere super hyped about this. One of my favorite um like uh, video game voice act- actors uh, Erica Ishii was at the premiere like like crying to see Liu happy that they have representation now that so many of them have a hero to look up to. Similar to how we felt when Snoop Dogg and Oprah and everybody in their mama was taken um like uh kids in school buses to see chadwick in theaters why are we mad at right now like that's what i'm just like why are we mad but that's and, thing. like uh, i just like i'm not gonna tell anybody how to feel man. like just just uh, honest to older man i'm at a point we're at it we're in a pandemic just be a good person it's really right. it's really just that simple like and don't get me wrong i'm gonna call out some bullshit mm-hmm. we do it all the time on the show well, you know, a- as a white person, I feel like it is now my duty to insert myself. <laughs> in the oh my gosh. That's cool. I love when you do it. But like, like there's a difference between shitty white people and the, the awesome white lesbian in the corner drinking her, her scotch. Like Victoria, there is a difference. Victoria's in the back bedroom. <laughs> Like like dead ass, but in general, uh, we like we're gonna go ahead and move on from this real quick because we have one more thing to holler about real quick before we wrap up this show. 
and uh, what was it? Two days ago, or yeah, uh, two days or yesterday, one of the two, we had the reveal at the PlayStation Showcase that not only have we have we uh, officially have confirmation that um, we are getting a Spider-Man 2 video game, but also Marvel and Insomniac Studios are going to be developing a Wolverine game, which we haven't seen a Wolverine game be brought to the forefront since the uh, since um the Wolverine 2 video game that was released, which actually was a bit of a cult banger that like no one really expected it to be. But in general, um Wolverine getting another video game I mean, I guess. <laughs> like, I'm more excited about the Midnight Suns video game that was announced. Like that, that was a few well, a few weeks ago, where it's like co-op strategy, multiple different characters, and Wolverine happens to be amongst the cast. Like, Wolverine is more compelling to me when he's part of an ensemble in a video game. You give him his own video game, and I'm bored. Like, I, I, I there's only so much hack and slash I can do before I'm just like, well, okay. I'm glad. So, before I get into my, um, before I get into that, before I even get into it, I can read you my opinion on that because I actually just wrote an article that's published about the things you need when it comes to a Wolverine video game. um, And I'll go through it right now because honestly, like, I agree with you. A Wolverine game cannot just be hack and slash because honestly, we have more than enough butt masters in there. And it's like, right. being honest about it doesn't matter. So let's start from the beginning. I have 10 of them. I'll be real quick and I'll be brief as long as my internet connection works. Uh, <laughs> great voice acting is number nine, number 10. Number nine is a great villain. We don't necessarily need Sabretooth. We can just basically just do random goons and then mm-hmm. lead, up, and lead up to like Viperfall, you know, and then continue something else. Number eight, a great way to travel. Since you also know that Krakoa is a thing, let him use the gates. Let him use motorcycles. Let him use the X-Jet. If he, you know what I mean? There are other things to do. Let Wolverine use all his powers. He has uh, an enhanced sense of smell. He has an enhanced sense of... Let him use that stuff. Like in Spider-Man, he had the... Spider-Man, Miles Morales, he had the app. In the original, in the uh, first Spider-Man, he had the spider sense. We could test, uh, test stuff like that. There's no reason he can't do the same thing. Right. Number six, a cameo from Laura. Mm. We could make so from from this we could have the same kind of thing. The next one could be Wolverine. Mm. Lord, yes, hell yeah. Uh, cool arc in the comic books. Wolverine has had a million fucking costumes. We need to get into that. Uh, more than a beast, like just because he's a hack and slash. Let's get into have a really good story where it makes sense for him to just be more than just oh girl, Rob, hack and slash. And I'm doing this because I'm crazy. But no, give give us. An actual something to let us know that he actually cries. Wolverine cries. Hate to break it to you. Wolverine cries. Uh, cameos. Let's get some Colossus. Let's get a Nightcrawler. Let's get a. Let's get a Kitty Pride. We don't need Jean Grey. I, we don't I, need Rogue. We don't need Rogue. I want to see Kitty Pride, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. That's it. Number two. Great fighting combo. We need him to actually do like if he's gonna fight a bunch of people. There was a Wolverine game. It was a Wolver- it was X two Wolverine event. Yeah, it was. Mm, was yeah, awful. yeah. Fighting was awful, but the combos were cool. Yes, agreed. In uh, number one, it has to be rated M for mature. Mm, yes, yes, a thousand percent, yes. Yeah, like you, you can't do this any other way. 
Honestly, <laughs> my biggest thing about a Wolverine game, if it has to exist, there's two great storylines that you can do. A, just give Insomniac the fucking the, the fucking rights to Old Man Logan, let him do it. Like if you, like let him fucking do it. Let it like whether it be a level or like a DLC. Let him go to the future, see the weird Hulk redneck children, do the whole nine, make it happen. Like it would be great. It would sell like crazy. Um, or do the story for when Magneto jacked his adamantium out of his skull and he turned into a fucking weird dog thing for like a year and, and he had to be trained how to be a human again by Elektra. Like that was that was like the first time I ever read a Wolverine comic book and that was the coolest shit ever where his like his nose is pushed into his face because of the, the adamantium being pulled out of him and he's like reconstructing his body and he's more beastly like how Hank McCoy is more than anything but he still has his uh, bone claws like that would be such a cool dynamic of like going through a character arc for him but then they're, they're too scared to do that I'll take a step further fuck the source material let's just give us just give give people what they want give us an actual good game oh yes something like the Spider-Man um, Spider-Man PlayStation game it had little to do with the actual character do the same thing. You don't necessarily need right. to. I like. I would love to see something where the beginning of the game starts at Old Man Logan, and it's like we're trying to prevent that future. That would be dope. But we don't necessarily need that. Like, allow to to. I forget who. I'm not sure if it was you or Mary who brought this up. We don't necessarily need to have the same thing over and over again. There are creators out there who can who can give us new things. All three of us here do do a podcast where we're not talking about the same things over and over again. I mean, like we rant about the same like five things because they keep coming back up, but we continue with new topics, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, and even if it's in like the same new topics, also have different. You can say that you can have the same topic, but still have different ways to talk about it. Right. And that's. So I think that's the point that a lot of create a lot of um, studios forget because the creators are out there. They just don't want to necessarily deal with the actual things that go with it. And there's a lot of risk that goes with it. There's a lot of risk that comes with being a new writer or a new producer or creating something different. But yeah, there is a way to but there is a way around it. It's, but with video games, create something new. It's a new universe. There's a uh, in um Spider Geddon, you saw the PlayStation Spider Man in the 646 year. Uh, Spider Geddon, it was so bad. I loved it and hated it all. Loved it and hated it all at once. Damn. Uh, Mary, how, how, how do you feel about us getting a Wolverine video game before James bitches about Spider Man? <laughs> I think I agree with the two of you is that it has to be done a certain way to make it interesting and honestly even just replay value yes, yes. oh my god that is such a we don't need another avengers game is what, is what I'm, I'm trying to get at like yes i trust insomnia to give us some good shit because of the spider-man games but i don't need another avengers game don't but, but don't just give me punch punch kick punch punch this is the same parappa rapper give me something worth my time yeah mary are you a um god of war fan i am I haven't played in a number of years, but but so you so you understand this like when people call God of War a button masher, it's not, it's more than actually just a button match. There's a lot going on in that game. Yeah. So when people talk about like Wolverine and like the button masher whole type of thing. It's like God of War proved 
that we don't necessarily need to actually have because you can be more than just a button masher. You can have an R-rated or a mature-rated video game and still have that same kind of puzzles and things like that. And like this thing right. that he can do with his sense of smell, it's like there's a whole, there's a huge, there's a lot that can go on with that. Exactly. So. I think something that they also need to do is you guys talked about having an M-rated game. I think they honestly need to hype up the gore. And I'm not saying that to be sensationalist. I'm saying that because this is the one time it would make absolute sense in context. Yes, I agree. Wolverine without the violence just kind of feels like, you know. It's Fortnite. It's Fortnite, (laughs) yeah. I was gonna say it's um the first two X Men movies. Honestly, yeah. yeah, but like Wolverine's in Fortnite right now. We live in a world where Wonder Woman, Batman, Iron Man, and Wolverine can all shoot each other with guns for crying out loud, and it doesn't feel like genuine. It feels like yeah, we have like the Wolverine and and all, like and there's a couple of different of his costumes and shit. Like, it's cool, but it just we need to make sure w- w- Logan is a bad bitch if we go and fucking put him in a video game at this point. Like, uh, what they need to do is mimic the combat from uh, Logan, the actual film. Yeah. That's the kind of brutality it needs. And I'm not saying, you know, he doesn't need to be munching on someone's intestine, but it's... <laughs> he needs to be a fucking savage. He's not exactly fully a good guy. Like... Yeah, for, for as much as I love Wolverine and everything that he does... Wolverine will also tell you, I am not a good person. I am not a role model. You should not follow me. Like, there's one of my favorite things uh, from Jeff Lemire's uh, Old Man Logan run was how he was literally in a battle with fucking Deathstrike because she was chasing him through a forest with a bunch of goons. And, she, like, he clawed the shit out of every one of, uh, one of her goons. But then he found out that his future wife from the old man Logan timeline was a little girl in a, in a cabin trying to make sure she didn't die from the fucking, uh, like, like goons that were coming to kill Logan. That he literally told her, like, her parents were just killed. He's like, go fucking hide. I'm going to do some fucked up shit. And that tells you right there, while Logan is a caring individual, he will do some fucked up shit if he needs to. Are you guys familiar with the Exiles, the original Exiles run? Yes. One of my favorite moments from that is Nocturne saying, Uncle Logan would volunteer to take a dip in acid with the brood who would impregnate you in your butt. And I was like, yeah, that that is Logan. (laughs) The way my dad... The way my dad, God rest his soul, described Wolverine to me, and I feel like this makes a lot of sense, is he said Wolverine, you know, at this time, you know, is pretty much just Batman who kills people. Yeah, that's what I meant. And I think thematically, characterization-wise, I think that makes a lot of sense, is that I don't think Bruce would be some kind of mindless villain-killing machine. I think he'd be Wolverine. I agree and disagree all at once because uh, one of the things that I think people underestimate is Wolverine's ability to be smart and calculated. That's the part that really pisses me off about people when they say that all Wolverine... all Well, actually, when anyone says all XYZ does is ABC, it's like, then you don't know the character. Exactly. Because let's be honest, Batman 
where people go, oh, one of the reasons I hated Batman for as long as I, for as long as I did was because someone goes, Batman always wins because he's Batman. I was like, I hated the internet about that. But then actually reading comic books, I'm like, oh, Batman loses a lot. Damn. But and then come to Wolverine, like, yes, he's the best there is in what he does, but he loses a lot. So your your dad, God rest his soul, is a million percent right because and that's why during the amalgamation DC thing, they didn't pair up Captain America with Batman. They paired Wolverine. Dark Claw. Dark Claw. They paired they paired the two of the two of them up for a reason. Because there's a nickels difference between the two of them, and like your dad said, it's murder <laughs> for the lack of a better time. Yeah. Now, real quick before we wrap up the show, I'm gonna t- I want I want to have my James bitches about Spider Man rant for for the thousandth time. So we got the uh, trailer for Spider Man Two that uh, Miles and and Peter are gonna be fighting up against Craven the Hunter and Venom. Um, my thing is, everybody and their mama went out and bought my, the Miles Morales video game. So did I. I was very excited about it. I, I knew. Didn't. Well, you have an Xbox, but anyway. Um, in, <laughs> in, in general, I knew what I was getting, and I was entirely right. That the Miles Morales video game was half the length of the original uh, Spider-Man PS4 game. It was half. Half. It was, half. half? You're being generous. Oh, it was less than a half? I, I'm oh, a like I went through that game in less than I went through that game in less than four days. I, I said I said half because like I beat the original uh, PS4 game in, tw- in 24 hours, and I beat the other one in less than eight hours as well. So I was like, eh, half ish if you do the completion shit. So, but less than half, yes. So, because w- w- when they announced they were making a Miles video game, I flat out said, this is a handout, this is a side game, Miles will never be just the main person on the, the box in terms of a full-length video game, this is going to be just like, 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 just like how I, I, I said it was going to be, where we get Spider-Man 2, and Miles will have his couple side missions, it won't be like how Dishonored is, where you can play the game uh, either as... Uh, Corvo or uh, Emily, like how you can't just choose the whole campaign as Miles, the whole campaign as uh, Peter. No, it's gonna be like five missions as, as Miles and the rest of the game as Peter because Peter's the main character, w- the main uh, core audience of white dudes like Peter Parker. So we're gonna have Peter Parker be back in the limelight. And we had an entire game of Miles Morales where he has to be- become his own person and ha- his- the city of New York has to embrace him as a superhero. And then, oh, at the end, hey, Peter's back, guys. Peter's back. Oh, we don't need to worry about Miles anymore. Peter's back. We don't. Need, it's, it's fine now. <laughs> and the same thing happened in the trailer where Peter has these awesome new mechanical arms like it's in the, the, the Infinity War movie. So but you, Miles ain't got I, shit. I'm going to show. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this, that I have, seen, I have seen images of Miles with the same kind of arms. Okay, see, I didn't see that. But... But, so, but, but, so okay, I'll, I'll I'll relent on that. But the thing, the most pushback I get about this in general is people are like, "But James, it's just like the Uncharted side game where it was a complete uh package and it had a great story. Why can't you accept the fact that they're trying to make Miles and Peter equals?" Because I have had ten years of Miles and Peter being equals. Peter needs to sit the fuck down 
Miles is the successor. Okay, let me let me adjust your narrative here slightly. They haven't been equals until maybe a year or two ago. That's that's even more. Yes, like they 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 have like literally. We keep living in this world where the fucking Ultimate Spider-Man TV show called him Arachno Lad. We keep trying to minimize Miles as just the other thing that existed from the Ultimate Universe that no one cares about anymore. No, people care about Miles Morales. One of my favorite things in in existence that showed progression of all fucking things was the the, the fucking Gwenpool comic where it shows Gwenpool in the future and Miles as an adult Spider-Man and trying to stop Gwenpool from wrecking the multiverse. That is the funniest shit I've ever seen and what and what we should be getting in the mainstream comic book landscape. And the fact that we are getting another fucking summer of Spider-Man Beyond, where it's Ben Riley as Spider-Man, but Miles isn't in the forefront, and we're having Ben fucking milk toast fucking Riley come back and be Spider-Man? No. There's, I'm not, I'm not, we got a fucking uh, a solicitation for uh, Spider-Man uh, for Miles and his new tr- uh, stupid tra- tracksuit costume fighting uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man. I hate that tracksuit so fucking much. I don't. I don't. I don't like. I, I'm sorry, whoever designed it, but but even Chris Anka and his god tier artistry can't make that fucking tracksuit look good. And you know it's a shitty costume if Anka can't do it. Anka literally can write porn. Like, like, like he can draw porn as amazingly as possible. But that fucking uh like image. Book he wrote with um fucking uh who who did you write that who who, who wrote that book green oh, trees oh. um I don't, I don't remember I'm just gonna bug me because I love that book to death um fucking I think it was it was Zdarsky Zdarsky like literally Chris Anka and Chip Zdarsky have written adult comic books with literal gay sex in it but. Like, like, and Chris Anka in all his glory can't make a like Miles Morales tracksuit look good. No one can. And yet, we have a brand new comic cover of the Spider-Man Beyond event where Miles is beating the shit out of Ben Riley. Good. Miles needs to stand the fuck up for himself and tell Peter, let me be the only Spider-Man for five minutes. Because no one cares a fuck about Ben Riley anymore. And they refuse to let it happen. Same thing with the Spider-Man video game. We are going to sideline Miles Morales again. Because y'all motherfuckers can't accept that Peter Parker is a fossil that needs to go away. There's no other story to tell with him. Yes, this is a brand new comic book universe, but or a brand new video game universe. But my problem is, you shouldn't have introduced Miles Morales so early if you weren't gonna kick Peter Parker to the curb as fast as possible. Because apparently, he's been on the scene for like ten years or some shit. He's like twenty six and has been doing this for a long time. And just we just happened to introduce Doctor Octopus kind of late, and he's been fighting Electro and and Vulture and Rhino and whoever the fuck else for a long time now. So. Why the fuck do we need another Peter Parker story? The truth is, news flash to you, uh, uh, comic book me- media. We don't. Moving on, Wade. Your opinion, please, because I know you, I know you care about this as well. Huh? Oh man, I didn't know you had hate. I didn't know you had such hatred for Peter Parker. Um. See, my thing is, I love Peter Parker. I love Spider-Man, 
but I'm tired of, of Peter Parker. <laughs> it's not even a hatred. It's like that line from Into the Spider Verse where Peter Parker is like, 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 uh, about to die, and he's like on top of the fucking like a uh, giant uh, multiversal machine, and he's just like, I am so tired. That's how I feel. I'm so tired of Peter Parker. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say this, and I don't know how it's gonna be taken. I'm gonna say a couple of things that may upset everyone in here, and like I said, it may get me kicked off the show forever. I personally think that. Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time. That's fair. In terms, of, in terms of actual hero. Not character, I think he's the greatest hero of all time. Okay. That being said, I have faith that what we're going to get in the next Spider-Man game isn't going to be like we did before. I think we're going to be able to have the option of which character you Mostly because I still think these Spider-Man Insomniac game things, I still feel like this is an experiment. They're still trying to figure out how they're going to go about doing the things that they do. The Let's look at the Arkham Asylum game. The first Arkham Asylum game was good in retrospect. Realistically, kind of sucked. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it pioneered a lot of things, but like the other games were far superior. Exactly. So now think of it from that from that standpoint. The Spider so the first Spider-Man game was one of the best games that we've seen from a comic book series in a very, very long time. I personally feel that that was also still an experiment. It's one of the reasons why how how many years how many months later did we were we still getting random costumes? I honestly don't think they thought this game was gonna do would do as well as it did. Mm-hmm. So when we saw when we saw Miles and all that stuff, I think that throwing Spider Man with the with the extra arms stuff like that was for the people who who played the game. I honestly feel that the next time we see the uh, I honestly feel that the next time we see Spider Man, it'll be a little bit different. We'll see these different characters who will we'll see uh, more Miles. And we'll see something new from him that'll go, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? So, I honestly, I agree with you, but I'm going to uh, reserve. reserve. Yes, until we actually see what's what. All right. I'll give you that. I, I'm, I'm just kind of like at my burnout because all I ever hear is, why can't Peter and Miles coexist? I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm so tired. Truthfully, I'm so tired. very truthfully, because it doesn't work like that. Exactly. Yeah, it really comes down. It's really that simple. It just does not work like that. I mean, look at, you know, to kind of revisit what we were talking about earlier, our push and pull with the Laura as Wolverine debacle. That's why, you know, we're having such a difficult time for her to be Wolverine is because it really just doesn't work like that. It should, but it doesn't. And I think that's a bit of a larger problem is that... And truthfully, it's just because of the way comics have aged that, you know, Superman is closer to 100 than not, which, you know, is incredible. But um, people are just very attached to, you know, what they saw, particularly as children. And this is something that um, I don't remember where I heard it or who said it, but it was people don't want new things in comics. They want what they remember as kids. What's crazy yeah. about that is, like, 
I, I, I will be the first person to admit I grew up with people like Wally West and Bardis Flash. I, I, I grew up with Tim Drake. Does it kind of like kind of show favoritism when I'm bitching about Damian Wayne and Wallace West? Kind of. But when I meet in the middle and say progression is more important, and I'm even to the point where my favorite argument of all time is what happens in, in 70 years when um, Miguel O'Hara is supposed to take over as Spider-Man and Miles still hasn't taken over as Spider-Man? When I can say that, it shows that I'm ready for the next chapter. I'm ready for the next saga. The fact that we have five, six, seven, eight motherfuckers calling themselves Robin when we can't even get rid, like, get to a new Batman when, like, it bothers me. We don't need this many sidekicks. I'm the king of of, of sidekick lovers. I love Teen Titans. I ha- I used to uh, like collect almost every issue of Teen Titans ever. But I'm I'm the first person to admit that there's a time. For when the next sidekick doesn't need to show up until the next superhero is in the suit. And like, 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 deadass, if we lived in a universe where like, say, Tim Drake took over as Batman and then Duke Thomas would have showed up, bet, I'd have loved it. It would have been the greatest thing oh. in the fucking world. Like, that would have been the greatest fucking thing on the God's green earth. If we lived in a world where Connor Kent super, Superman would have been a thing, and then... Jonathan Kent would have been a thing similar similar to the fact of how we, we are living in a world right now where in two weeks Aquaman the Becoming is coming out where Jackson Hyde is going to be come, uh, taking over as Aquaman or at least beginning his journey to becoming Aquaman similar to Future State but he knows that Andy Curry Aquaman and Mara's daughter is going to be the Aqua woman later on but he is training the next generation while still being the main superhero bet cool Connor could have been super man while Jonathan was Superboy would have been one of the most greatest comic books of all time but we never got it because everybody at DC just hates Connor Kemp for some fucking reason like we could get progression but y'all refuse to move on well you know look at contemporary comic book writers a lot of them and see who their favorite characters are I'd bet you money they line up with who the popular characters were when they were kids that's also a thousand percent true um We um Mary, do you know about how the Spider-Man game ended? No. I I I don't. I'm never gonna play it. So do you don't care about spoilers? Oh god, no, not at all. Okay. So the reason I bring it up is because at the end of it, Otto Octavius lost the ability to use his limb. And it looks like we're leaning towards a superior Spider-Man kind of thing. Now, the reason I bring that up is because of something that James talking about. I really and honestly feel that we're looking... This It's not going to happen now, but the next game, I truly feel that we're going to be getting a superior Spider-Man villain. And Miles will be that dude. And see, that would be glorious. It, it kind of plays into what I was talking about by Damian Wayne, where the next chapter of the person could be the 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 next villain for the the, the person who takes over the mantle. And one of my, my my favorite things to reference is the fact that Marvel tried to move forward. Marvel tried to move forward with, with Legacy, with Marvel Legacy, and all do a different Marvel. One of my, like generations, the generations collective books, like where the 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 legacy hero had a conference with the the the, the past version of the hero. Um, three of my favorite issues are the Miles one. 
Actually, look, all four. The Miles one, the Kate one, the Sam one, and the Laura one. Where they have these deep, deep motherfucking talks with their with their uh with their uh legacy where miles like because peter had just a super long day where it's like the aftermath of that famous comic where like he holds up the uh the wreckage and the water's pouring on him like how they did they homage and homecoming and miles sit there like man i never understood what you went through i'm so grateful that you gave me this mantle or like the laura one where laura like laura goes with him to save um like uh the, the um What's her damn name? Kimiko? Yeah, Kimiko, the uh, the like the the um the daughter of the one um love that he had in Japan. And when he when she goes with him, he's like, "Yo, I'm so glad you're my dad." And Logan straight up is just like, "I don't even care about time like like time differences and shit. I can smell that you're me, and I'm I'm proud of what you've become." And it's such a good fucking moment. Or like, there's this great moment in the Kate one where Kate's like had this great adventure with Clint. Like, from the past and shit, where he's still wearing the, the, the skirt and shit, and having a good time. And, like, Clint falls asleep on a cliff next to her, and she doesn't realize he's a, she's uh, he's asleep. And she pours her heart out about how she's so proud to carry on his legacy and shit. And, like, what it means to her that he trusts her because of the, um, the, the Matt Fraction run. Like, that was powerful. And then the Sam one. The Sam one is my favorite motherfucking book of all time. And I know we hate Nick Spencer, but Nick Spencer wrote a goddamn amazing book where Sam went back in time. James. Let, let me yeah. have this. Let me have no, this. We, we, we need to wrap this up here real quick. Okay. Uh, but basically in general, the, the, point of the, the point of the story is we need to progress. I will, I will talk about that issue when we do a Sam Wilson tribute another day. But that, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, folks. Don't forget that you, listen, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, Audible, Pandora, all those great places. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Uh, if you have a suggestion for an episode or a specific question you want to have answered on, on, on the show, just go ahead and tweet us. We would love to uh, hear back from you good folks. Um, and we will be back ne- uh, next week with a brand new episode. We're, just trying, we're trying to get back to that weekly formula for you good folks. We love making content. Wade, I want to uh, once again thank you for coming on the show. It was glorious to have you here. No, please thank thank you for having me. Like this was, like I said, I thought you guys were like, oh no, he can you get him to shut the fuck up? Um, sure. Like, I, <laughs> like I appreciate like, having on here and like with my wife being back in school, like I have more than enough time to like do this. So I can, I literally can do this two weeks from now if y'all want me to. Sure. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll see what we can do. But no, um, um, uh, real quick before we go, uh, Mary, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Um, cranberry mimosas don't actually suck. I'm genuinely surprised. Oh my gosh. Wade, uh, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Jason Todd, Multiple Man, Wolverine, Deadpool, get money. Oh, okay, that, that was that's just a random assortment of characters. Um, but all right, um, <laughs> um, my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop, folks. Um, a lot of comic book shops now are using things like Comic Hub or uh, the, the different comic book apps to, uh, to uh, collect your pull list. That way, you are able to pick up your books. If you are a digital reader, you can support your local comic book shop through Comixology. So please give them a call and try to do that because it is an amazing resource to keep comic book shops alive. And also, my other closing statement definitely is, is, can we please have some progression with my books? And 
please make sure you go pick up Aquaman The Becoming in two weeks because that book is going to be amazing. I can promise you. Uh, we will go ahead and see you next week right here at Panel to Panel. Peace out.